You're listening to a Southern Star Media Production. Hello and welcome to the Southern Star's Coronavirus Podcast. I'm Siobhan Cronin, the news editor. And I'm the editor, Con Downing. Each week on our podcast, we talk to the people at the centre of the COVID-19 pandemic in West Cork and beyond. We will also take a look at that week's newspaper and how our reporters are covering the pandemic and some other news. And this week, we will also have some new music from three members of a Ballady Hobb family who cover a wonderful John Prine song in tribute to the late American singer-songwriter who had strong links with Ireland. Also in this week's podcast, I will be talking to Mizzen's independent TD, Michael Collins, who was first elected to the Dáil in 2016. A very consistent contributor to Leinster House, he is also involved in the high-profile buses to Northern Ireland, which bring people from Cork and Kerry to Belfast for cataract operations. So we will be talking about that and plenty more issues with him later on. Okay, but first of all, let's uh, take a quick look at this week's paper. Uh, On page one, our lead story is about issues with rural broadband, a subject, of course, that's no stranger to our front pages. Absolutely, yeah, Con. Um, I think we had it um, two weeks ago as well about a story that went national really about the people who had to go to the church car park in Gagan to get any kind of um, internet connection people working from home were working from home in inverted commas because <laughs> they had to leave home to get a connection but um, kind of carrying on from that theme again now this week a few auctioneers had come out and said that there was great interest in West Cork uh, from people who had wanted to move either people native to West Cork who were working in Dublin or Cork and wanted to move home or people who just wanted to move here for, I suppose, better quality of life and had discovered with the whole working from home thing during the pandemic that their lifestyle had changed and they had more time with family and, you know, it just it was a better um, setup for them and they wanted to maybe do it full time. But, of course, the big elephant in the room is broadband because there's no point moving somewhere if you don't have a good connection. And it just so happened that this week uh, we were also contacted by Hugh Rance, who's a music teacher with Cork um, ETB. And he had actually done a survey during lockdown about this. And he had discovered that 20% of the families he'd surveyed, who were mostly in West Cork, because that's where he's based, um, did not meet EU targets for broadband. So he he was trying to teach the likes of piano and flute. And he found that uh, screens were freezing People were losing connection altogether. And you can imagine how frustrating that must be for a teacher to be trying to interact with their students and the connection is breaking down. Or especially with music, if the the screen is freezing, it's just impossible. So all this talk about blended learning and maybe when, you know, the college is open, that a certain amount of lectures can be online. I mean, it really is a bit of a farce considering how poor the broadband is here. That's right, because I think I saw something on the news last night about... uh, UL will only have the people in one week and three, I think, in uh, or one week and four, maybe, um, for the next uh, semester. Uh, they'll only be physically in the college uh, for about a quarter of the time. So, I mean, they'll be depending on a good broadband wherever they are, especially if they're at home. Yeah, absolutely. So that's just um, a kind of a, it's a good little um, story for this week. It's very topical. It's written by Emma Connolly and Martha Brennan. And also then on page two, um, Emma has looked at some case studies of some of those students we spoke about and and they've actually spoken about exactly the problems that they have encountered. And um, so, yeah, so that's a very topical story for this week, I think. Yeah, and there's also an interesting story on uh, page one about a, a row in Fianna Fáil locally over a tweet Um uh, Christopher O'Sullivan, the uh, new TD for Cork Southwest, uh, he issued a tweet that said, "No more than ever, Fianna Fáil needs unity and focus. There's so much work to do. There's not time to sit around feeling sorry for ourselves and being peed off about being overlooked for certain positions. So let's get uh, the job done." It said, but uh, Margaret Murphy O'Mani. Um, the former TD uh, for Fianna Fáil in Cork Southwest gave her a rather curt response, to say the least, as she said that, uh, is there not more, a more private forum to convey this message to your colleagues? Now, Christopher O'Sullivan defended his tweet and said, Margaret is perfectly entitled to her view, he said, and here's the rub, and so am I, an elected TD. Now, former TD Margaret did not return the Southern Stars' calls this week, uh, seeking her side of the story. 
Um, and another uh, story, by the way, on page one as well, um, is about uh, Saoirse Ronan, the actress being uh, on holidays here in West Cork yet again. She seems to be very fond of uh, of the area and uh, the food it provides as well, too. And uh, she has been seen at a number of restaurants around West Cork. And uh, in fairness, now she is happy to pose uh, for any people who ask for selfies with her and so on like that. But uh, I think, I suppose, like a lot of other celebrities who come to the area, she's probably happy to do so because uh, they generally tend not to be annoyed by people. And uh, that's probably why they like the area. So long may that continue. Absolutely. Yeah, I think Jackie Kyo tried to talk to some of the people who'd met her and they were remaining very tight-lipped just to say they had met her. And that was it. And, yeah. and, they, and they even made the point in the fish kitchen, that's why she's coming here, because we yes. don't talk about her. Exactly. So, um, yeah, so it's it's good anyway to have her back. So yeah. well done, Saoirse. So um, on page three, Con, there's a story there about the Wild Atlantic Way yet again, another story about the Seven Heads area and the Wild Atlantic Way signs. That's right. Barry Holland, who's chairman of the, the Seven Heads Peninsula Tourism, uh, is uh, unhappy, as, and understandably so, uh, that the uh, Wild Atlantic Way maps, um, both online and physically, do not still include Court McSherry and the Seven Heads Peninsula as a spur off the Wild Atlantic Way, as they were promised um, three years ago almost. I think it was September 2017. They were told they were going to be added to it. No, no, he said it took almost two years to get the stickers, the WAW stickers put on uh, the signs locally and um, there was also supposed to be a, a discovery point uh, put up in the area as well I think in Cork McSherry uh, that was agreed to by Board Fault or Fault Ireland but that um, hasn't happened yet either and um, like it's hard to understand maybe about uh, the physical maps maybe they might have a big lot of stock in or something like that over the years but I mean there's probably no reason why they shouldn't be on the uh, online maps at this stage. It should be easy enough to do that, you know. But uh, it's 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 still ongoing. But the uh, Fault Ireland people have said, all right, that the spur uh, will be put on the Wild Atlantic map this summer once they're finished their reviews of it. But probably too late for for this tour season. So it is hopefully. really. I mean, yeah. I mean, at this stage in July now, I think the summer is nearly half over at this stage. You know, so that's that's yeah. not um, going to be too welcome. I don't think in Court Mac at this stage. Yeah, there was um, another story that really um, kind of broke my heart. Now I know we've covered it about three weeks ago. We did a story about dogs going missing in West Cork, and I know it's actually national news this week. There's been. Uh, a trend right across the country because the price of dogs apparently has shot up in the pandemic yeah. because families at home are bringing in dogs and I'd imagine maybe even to keep some kids occupied parents think it's a great idea but of course when the parents go back to work it's going to be another problem but in the meantime dogs are being stolen right left and center and uh, we had a the story a few weeks ago about that dog I think it was Cooper had been stolen a family pet and anyone who has a dog and we've had a lovely dog here um, just the thoughts of your dog being stolen, not knowing what's happened, is just appalling. So there's another update on that again this week. Um, with um, a pub that was taken from Skibbereen was found in Cork City two two days later, you know, and then there was another dog found in County Clare. So I mean, they're going far and wide, but Seems it's a really upsetting story. And I think the the piece of advice there is keep an eye on your dog at all times, especially if it's a young dog, a dog that's able to breed. Uh, yeah. They're going to be in high demand, so don't take your eyes off them for a second. Yes. Uh, so um, yeah, the story there about the pub inspections at the weekend is interesting. That's right. Uh, there was a lot of uh, pub inspections t- took place. Over 200 of them around the West Cork Division at the weekend in Operation Navigation. Now, according to uh, the Chief Superintendent for the West Cork Division, Con uh, Cadigan, there were no detections, and he said the majority of people are acting responsibly, bar a few complaints, he said, about social distancing. However, though, they had uh, a call out to uh, Deer Park Estate in Bandon over the weekend, where youths from outside the area turned up and invited to a private house party. But I think they made a number of calls there, and uh, I think uh, the matter was resolved satisfactorily. But um, one um, footnote to that story is about a disqualified driver that was uh, caught by guards in Bandon last Sunday. He was 11 times over the drink driving limit. Wow. 
Because imagine you'd have had to have an awful lot of nine nine euro meals to get eleven times over the drink driving. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Pretty frightening one, all right. Um, yeah. Also, a story not a million miles from that that caught my eye is the one about the snug pub. Uh, the two lads in McCroom who've hit on this brilliant idea of creating a pub out of a kind of a mini garden shed, I suppose, really, in your backyard. What did you think of that, Con? Yeah, sure, why not? In the absence of the real thing, I suppose. Um, it, it was something that um, McCroom and uh, Donald Mulcahy, who was actually an insurance broker by day, and uh, carpenter Billy Murphy came up with during the lockdown. And now they're building uh, three or four backyard pubs. Uh, they measure eight feet by five feet. Uh, for people daily all over the country and half of the orders are coming from Dublin and uh, they can also supply all the paraphernalia as well from bar stools to fridges and speakers and as Donald told uh, our reporter uh, Martha Brennan it all goes to show that you can't beat an Irish person's thirst <laughs> Absolutely not I think they're very they're very cute and you can imagine how you'd like to um, maybe add all your own little bits and pieces to the pub your own little Lovely paintings of flowers, maybe, yes. like yes. yourself <laughs> and your comfy sofas and all the rest. So I think that's a great idea. And Khan, then in Kinsale now they're after um, bringing in a new um, measure there for social distancing um, only on Sundays, interestingly enough. Yeah, they're closing uh, some of the streets on Sundays. Now, it started last uh, Sunday. The idea of closing the streets, of course, was to make more room for people to walk around, but also to facilitate uh, dining al fresco. But last weekend's weather wasn't too conducive to al fresco dining, but uh, that said, the forecast is good for this weekend. Now, it worked out well enough, but there were complaints about some of the road closed signage, which gave many people the impression that the streets were closed to pedestrians as well as traffic. So uh, it was, of course, their first trial of more pedestrianised streets. And uh, local business people gave it the benefit of the doubt, saying, of course, that it was a work in progress. But I suppose the bottom line is that, uh, I suppose, to get that truly continental vibe, you need to have warm weather. You do. And they've all suggested, you know, putting in some planters and a few other little features to make it a little bit more attractive. And in fairness, them, they are they're just using vulgar, you know, road close signs, basically, which um, probably doesn't fit in with the image of concerns. You can imagine why some people there might find them a bit crude, yeah. to say the least. Yeah. And um, con- our property page has become really popular, we've noticed in recent weeks. And people just maybe it's the lockdown or the pandemic. People are kind of doing a bit of fantasy buying. And, yeah, uh, yeah, it's it's a huge hit on Facebook. There's an absolutely gorgeous one this week in Clonakilty for just uh, well, I say just maybe I'm thinking of Dublin Dublin figures, but two hundred fifty five thousand for what's really a little architectural gem, really, isn't it? Yeah, it seems to be. Yeah, it's a very narrow house. It's only it's only ten feet wide, but uh, it's it's not short on anything. It's it's a very deep house, all right, to to make up for the lack of width. But uh, yeah, it it really is a fascinating one, and I, I it would be very difficult to, uh, here for us to do it justice. So get a copy of the Southern Star and look at the property page of some of the pictures. You'll I, you'll be very very impressed by it. Absolutely gorgeous. And between that and the snug pub, you could stick in the backyard. Sure. What else would you need? <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yes, exactly. And uh, we have a few more bits and pieces uh, that caught my eye there. We have Archon again. Uh, uh, he's on about Fianna Fáil this time. He has a go at Fianna Fáilers who lost out on ministerial appointments uh, for rounding on our new Taoiseach, Michal Martin, and ungratefully biting the hand that feeds him, as he says. Now, he had a particular go at uh, Cork Northwest TD, Michael Moynihan, who was a former Fianna Fáil chief whip. He was overlooked for a higher office after uh, then he warned that uh, he would be a thorn in the side of the government as a result of his constituency in other rural areas being overlooked by the government. And another one, uh, just a final one there on the business pages, we have the story of two friends, Luke O'Leary from Kilcoe outside Skibreen and his housemate, Kane Toomey, who found themselves out of work due to the pandemic. But they reinvented themselves by setting up their own uh, cleaning company called In and Out Cleaning. Gradually, they have built up a client base of local business premises around uh, West Skibreen, and uh, they're now branching out across West Cork. And uh, Luke realised that it has the potential to become a business, so he's quit his day job, and now he and Kane are giving it their all. So that's a good story to see. 
A clean sweep indeed by the two Clean sweep, exactly. Well done to them. And uh, also not to forget, Emma is still ranting about life in lockdown or post-lockdown. Yes, uh, yeah. I'm very popular on page ooh, page 20 this week, I think. That's right. Uh, she feels that she's last out this year because all the barbecues were sold out during the pandemic for this summer. So um, uh, she's a, a wide range of top- topics covered this week. Uh, she's a guest at the thought of uh, Kanye West thinking of going for the American presidency. Thank I wouldn't you. blame her for that. <laughs> God, it could have been much worse than the present incumbent, I would wonder. And uh, there's a, a trip to Photo uh, Wildlife Park on the cards for her as well she says that's as wild as it's going to get for her uh this summer probably her four-year-old of course is getting excited about seeing an actual koala bear uh for the first time in person but the only trouble is that they don't have any of them in photo so that'll be uh <laughs> some first start out afterwards another argument <laughs> yes <laughs> Great. Okay, thanks, Khan. And don't forget, if you can't get to the shops, you can subscribe online by going to southernstar.ie and clicking on the e-paper tab or call the office on 028-21200 for a postal copy to be sent out to you. This week's interview is with Cork Southwest TD Michael Collins. Michael was elected in 2016 when he defied both the Fine Gael and Fianna Fáil number crunchers by taking an impressive 6,765 first preference votes and the second seat in Cork Southwest, with a final tally of over 11,000 votes. He performed even better in last February's general election when he topped the poll, comfortably exceeding the quota, and was deemed elected on the first count with almost 12,000 first preferences. I spoke to him about the recent government formation, what he sees as his top priorities for West Cork, working through the pandemic and more. Now, Michael, this is your second term in Dáil Éireann, but it's been a very different one from the first one because not soon after the new Dáil got together, we had, of course, restrictions. So I I see you a a lot on the Rochester's report, so I know that you're very active. And how have you found it in Leinster House? Um, you know, it's it's obviously well different to the first uh, four years, and it's 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 both difficult on the ground and it's both um, um, a difficult difficult in the dull um, on the ground. I suppose back with the constituency, and the most important place I should be is with the people. Um, you know, people need to meet you. Uh, we have to do the clinics there for quite some time because of the. Uh, you know, I, I always have active clinics. I wasn't able to carry out any of the clinics because the bars were closed and people had to keep the social distance. Um, I started the clinics, as you can see, in the Southern Star last week and, and this week. Um, the clinics are reopening in, in a very full manner because I can only use the facilities that are available to me, and that's the clinics in the Skibreen, in the Bandon, and um, the, in Bantry, and, and my own home place in uh, in so it's it's a real if people are availing that opportunity today at 11 people in Skibreen or sorry in Benden I had quite a lot in Skibreen in the morning but 11 Benden which is a lot but what we're trying to do is make sure that people stay in the car and we ring them and bring them in one by one and make sure that they're sanitised and everything is there before them in the in relation to the doll I suppose look we're trying to sh- it's, it's, it's quite messy to be honest with you and I'm kind of a bit confused by that because last Tuesday we had a doll sitting and uh, a full doll sitting, and I raised numbers of questions there on Tuesday, as I usually do. And then we couldn't have a doll sitting in the doll on Wednesday. We had to go to the convention centre, and we had to go to the convention centre on Thursday, which I was there both days. And it's it's very disruptive because you can't do your business. You don't have your office set up or anything there, and you can't be going to and in front of the doll because it's, the, the distance is too far. And it's costing the state 25000 a day. Now, apparently, the day uh, the Taoiseach being elected was 50,000, which is an outrageous amount of money, but I could accept that the day he was being elected, that there had to be a full sitting, and I respect that maybe to some degree, well, but, but it's Mike, a Michael, what, what, I, Mike, just sorry, could you just explain that when you say it's costing? Is that the hiring of the convention centre, or is that expensive? The hiring what, of the, what is it? Uh, hiring of the convention centre, 25,000 now each term. Um, because they're insisting if as many TDs want to attend as they're indicating, um, they need a, a building big enough to, to accommodate them. I think it could be managed much better because I'm in a, in a group of six. And it's obvious to me, if I can't be in the doll for hours or four hours, 
that's accepted. And I stay in my office or I stay outside or whatever, but most likely it's, it's your office at work. But for some reason, I was looking around yesterday and I couldn't see, I couldn't see 50 uh, TVs inside in the convention centre. So I was just wondering why are we paying 25000 when it could be managed in the doll. Now, I've also uh, gone on this committee at a very early stage, uh, the Oireachtas um, Committee, uh, the Oireachtas COVID Committee. Uh, which means I'm doing a lot of speaking time, which means I was traveling up and down to Dublin three days a week, which was quite, it was over two and a half thousand kilometers a week of traveling. I didn't want to stay there. Well, it was impossible to find accommodation. Um, the latter end of it, it has become more possible, but as uh, accommodation is. Um, and I did stay up this week, uh, but I, before that I was traveling up and down for safety reasons, but it was quite um, d- difficult because traveling up and down, is, it, it's, it takes a lot out of you just driving up and down. But, it was important and I found it imp- and I was lucky enough to get a committee because it has given me an opportunity to raise issues, you know, in relation to testing, COVID testing. I have quite a lot of questions and, and nobody's able to give me clarity from the T-shirt to the Minister of Health all the way down. And I've also raised that stuff like, like, is Bantry Hospital going to be there for the people of West? Um, because we, we're, we're out, we're slightly out of COVID, but we are not fully out of it and it could re-emerge again. And we do need a hospital like we've had of excellence. And this COVID committee, I, I noticed there, we say, uh, two weeks ago, I raised a question on education in relation to students who, who uh, wouldn't be uh, getting results under the predictive grade because they, 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 they were strong enough to say in a foreign language. And they needed that to get into um, to, to get into medicine, and I couldn't get that. And I raised that question uh, at the COVID meeting to the Department of Education, and they said they'd come back to me. And the following week, there was another meeting with the Department of Education, and I called the night before. I got an answer to that question. So it it as I'm on their toes, they're 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 they're. I think just worry and, and we're getting answers. Sometimes it's difficult to get answers out there, but look, you try every mechanism you can to get. Um, I think the point across uh, of the issues that concerns uh, me in West Cork and my constituents and and nineteen is maintaining far more than most. But look, I'm on that committee, and that's what I choose to be in. And uh, tell me this: How did you feel about the final government formation? Now, for a little while, we thought the independents might have been in the mix, but you didn't make it in the end, and it's been the Greens yeah. chosen. So. How did you feel about all that? I always felt that we were not going to be on in, in, in the race in this one. And I, somebody met me the other day and they said to me, you told us exactly the way it was going to turn out at the beginning. And I said, well, because a lot of people were saying to me, how do you think this is going to run? I said, there really is only three options as such. And that was the option. Sorry, there's only going to be one option with three three parties. And that's what happened. Um, and you might get a few sprinkles of independence thrown in and there is a deal, some sort of a messy deal done with some of the independents, but some of the independents that voted for the government are kind of former Fine Gael, have links with Fine Gael, you know, I don't know the name. I think people look at the record of who voted for them that day and they'll know full well who I'm talking um, And look at the fact that I, got, I did get a, a call. Look, what was happening was uh, the, the, saying, yes, they want us. We said our door is always open. We did have issues of concern in rural Ireland that need addressing, but our door stayed open. Some parties shut the door solid. We weren't a group that did. Uh, we did, did do that. We decided we would speak them, and I think it's a good way because it's your point across around the table, and you can say it back and say, I won't participate. And it looks like I'm a politician that won't participate, but actually I would. But it has to be on a very uh, on the basis that certain things have to be delivered. And and were, you asking, were you asking too much and were the Greens asking a little less? Is maybe that's what had you out of the mix? No. Well, I, out of the um, I, I'm not looking at anything personal. So until uh, it's a liner. There was four people at a meeting here in Bantry. The doctors attended the meeting and they told us the dangers and where Bantry Hospital is steering towards and what the intentions of the HSE were. And they asked me, would you make a promise? And I was one of several politicians. Would you go into government without a promise? And I, I made a promise I wouldn't. 
And the promise I wanted was that it would be in the program for government. It obviously couldn't be delivered straight away. And I respect that. I'm not a fool. I'm not enough in politics to know you cannot expect something at the flick of a finger. But if it was in the program for government that they intended this, 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 and that, last year, we're asking what an anesthesiologist is the most important thing. At least I knew then that they were listening. I, and I'll just go back before I go ahead a bit. We, we were asked to meet with um, um, Fine Gael, sorry, Fianna Fáil initially. Fianna, Fianna Gael decided they didn't want to meet with us for whatever reason that was there. Sorry, when you say, when you, Michael, when you say us now, just clarify. Oh, sorry, the rural independent group, sorry. My oh, okay, group of yeah. six is... Your line broke Matty, up slightly there at the start. So sorry, yeah. I missed that. yeah. The rural independent group. Uh, the rural independent group there. Um, Matty McGrath, uh, Michael Healy Danny Healy Richard Donahue, Carol Nolan, myself. I think that's our group. And they, they asked to meet with, with, with us. Sinn Féin asked to put, put especially fishing is, is a huge issue. Concern. They, there was nothing on the ball for the last number of years in relation to fishing. I think very hard for a standalone Minister for Fisheries, but it wasn't a red line issue, but it was an important issue to raise. And we got, then they, they asked us to come back around the table the next time. Sinn Féin kind of went off the pitch, and I don't know, they went on holidays. But um, the, 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 Mary Lou never wants to meet with us. There's always somebody down along the line. So whether we're good enough for Mary Lou or not, I don't know that. I, I've yet to find that out. But in, yeah, um, in fairness, um, Fine Gael then met with us, with, with Fianna Fáil, and they said they would come back to us but um, we said we'd, we'd want to see the program for government, obviously, before you make any commitment to anybody. And they didn't come back. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot to throwing the, oh, they meant to come back, and it, was, it didn't happen, it didn't, but it didn't actually happen. So, look, that's fine. Greens, I think, for, kind of dictated as such, um, saying they didn't really want independence on board. That's the impression I was getting for some of the statements you'd see being read out. Um, then um, they indicated then they wanted to speak to us. We met with Michal Martin, met with Eamon Ryan and 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 the Overetka. And there's the opportunity to speak. That was the why the door stays open. And I asked them before he finalised the programme for government, Bantry General my red letter. If that's not on it, I'm off the pitch. It's as simple as that. And what, you, what exactly are you looking for, Michael? Because we have had statements from even most recently from Simon Harris just before he stepped down or gave way to his predecessor or his successor, um, that the future is secure. So why do, why will you not take that at face value? Why are you so suspicious that there is I, um, I take nothing at face value and no disrespect to the man that's gone from his position. I was the man who called for the vote of no confidence on the same individual because of cataract situations, knees, hips, and the, and the debacle of over the children's hospital across the state, astronomical money beyond belief. Uh, so my confidence in that that same minister in that position uh, was 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 eroded and gone as far as I'm concerned. He promised uh, the minister promised an endoscopy unit in 2018. Nothing has happened. But the bottom line in relation to Bantry General Hospital is the need uh, for an anesthesiologist. And if that position is not filled by a full time, fully qualified anesthesiologist that hospital is in dire trouble. And the HSE have sent experts down to the doctors to sell them. Uh, what is the old word? Lungo, poke in a bag. I know what they call it now. That's what they do. Pig in a poke. I mean, a pig in a poke, fair play <laughs> And they tried to sell a pig in a poke. And the pig in a poke was a little pack. They get a super pack inside in the back of the car and nobody would have to pay for it. Only the state would pay for it. But we'd take away the anesthesiologist and you don't have nothing more to worry about. So if, if somebody collapses above an Adjigal or someone out in Goldene or down in Dunmanway or whatever, you, you go with your magic pack and you stay there until the ambulance rises and the ambulance whisks you up to, to Cork and that's deemed a Bantry General Hospital and it turns into be a hospital for the elderly eventually and that's a beautiful hospital. But then why, why such that, recent investment then? I mean, you know, there was a CT scanner there at the end of last year. I think 700,000 was put in. Um, money, is that, other... money is that, Yeah, they don't mind spending money. There's no problem in throwing money at something and decide it's, it's a bad decision we've seen that now Julius but the bottom line is this was promised to the doctors and the doctors came out decided they they, they told the HSE get up the road get out of here you can't we're not going to do this then the HSE met me asked me as a public representative to sell this product and the next product they had was um, they were going to uh, put spe- seven uh, specialised what are they um, um, paramedics in Dunmanway residing in Dunmanway and basically the same story somebody drops in skibbereen or, or, or Baltimore, or Union Hall, doesn't matter, above and out in the mizzen, the paramedic will come, and the ambulance will take you up. So there, there, there's a, there's, 
something happening behind the scenes that the people aren't being told about. Minister will tell you, oh my God, everything's perfect, pantry's beautiful and weird. we love it and it's so good for me. We all know all that. But why isn't there a full-time anesthesiologist being appointed to the hospital? Why isn't there an advertisement for the position? And why are they bluffing the people? By sending people down to try and sell this other product around, out and in the back door, they're trying to, to, to close Mandry Hospital. But we're all too wise to the real facts. And I'll keep this until I get it. And the funny thing was, Siobhan, Mm-hmm. In the program for government, if you if you have a chance to read, there's quite a large document. I haven't read it all, being honest with you, but I did look at the health side of it, and there was hospitals mentioned inside it. So basically, someone around the table for Fianna Fáil, Fine Gael, and the Green Party sold their own hospital. Yes, but and if, if you got an anaesthetist, uh, like would that be the end of the matter then, Michael? Because they maybe you'll get fobbed off with that. If you, I would be quite happy if they want to fob me off with that. That would be a massive start and a great success for Bantry General Hospital because I could guarantee the future. I know what's happening here. We don't have a full time. And some mis- some experts have said to me in the HSE, not a fully qualified one in Bantry at the present time. And the re- what's happening is they'll play down the clock. This gentleman is retiring. They'll play down the clock and they're going to come back to us and say, well, we advertise, but sorry, we don't have enough time. No, we don't have anybody there. Instead of the advertisements being there and put all the support that needs to be put to get that gentleman or gentle lady over this in across the line and out the bantry. There's a fabulous place to sell here. West Cock is practically COVID free to a point. And, and, and we have a beautiful living. A package has to be put together. And they have no intention of putting that together because they have other plans. And until I find out that that, that gentleman or, as I say, that lady is appointed, Bantry Hospital stays as a red liner for me. And that's what was my red liner. And when I opened the program for government, they were meant to come back to us. They didn't come back. And when I opened the program, look, Michal Martin did ring me on the Friday um, um, before the election. Uh, and look, he's a good, and I said that in my speech, and I wished him well, and he's a car fan, and he's a good parliamentarian, and I won't take that away from him. But I told him I wouldn't be supporting him. And I said, you know, uh, there's a lot of issues in the program for government I'm not happy with. Um, fishing, the fi- there was no, are no, the fishing issues. A super junior would have, you know, would have been super. Um, I felt it in stronger on tourism. That was a failure. Um, and and Bantry General Hospital, while other hospitals got named as they were going to do this, 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 and for other hospitals up the country, Waterford, Sligo, our hospital. So obviously, we had no voice at the table. And believe it or not, I was involved in the previous program for government, and we got quite a lot in there. Looked for a lot more. Always looked for more to get, but. Uh, it didn't. It didn't happen here. And now, looking at what has come out, we didn't get a standalone tourism minister. The fishing and agriculture. Fishing has gone in under the mat again. And this, and unfortunately, I see the separation of Gaelic and the islands. I don't think that's a good move. It's two ministers. Um, a lot of changes that are negative enough, and more than any other change that that I think is shocking is the fact that rural affairs has gone under social protection. Rural affairs was a standalone, and and rural and communities are now wiped under the carpet like fishing. It's just a, basically like a TD told me the other day, the minister will come in, she'll talk 20 minutes on social protection and rural, rural affairs. She'll give 18 minutes on social protection because it's everything is on social protection at the moment with COVID payments and you get two minutes in rural affairs, it's gone. So that's my, my reflection on the programme for government was a bad deal for the people in rural Ireland. Okay, now I was going to ask you about your top three priorities for West Cork. I suspect Bantry Hospital is one of them. Um, possibly the fishing was the second one, was it? Uh, yeah, well, fishing was very much... Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not a fisherman. I'm a farmer, actually, um, besides besides politics. And obviously farming should should be a huge issue as far as I'm concerned. And it was, and I fought very strongly for farming. We saw the protests outside in <clears throat> the factories last year. And people weren't there just for fun. They were there because they were suffering in the pocket. But choose the, the people that are out in the water that have been suffering for many years and they had no voice. Um, and I couldn't believe coastal TDs inside the doll. I know I was missing, mentioning fishing. And I was meeting the fishing groups down here. And I said, a voice, sometimes a voice. Like it's, it's, it's great for everybody to want to be in politics and want to be in power. But somebody needs to be in opposition to fight for somebody. And somebody needs to be a voice across the floor. And that's what I became in the four years. And I obviously fought my corner for farming because I know it much better. But I learned about the fishing industry and I learned where the, where the issues of concern were. And, and I felt that the only way they could be addressed is either a, a minister or even I said around the table with him and Ryan, 
and Michal and, and Leo that he was a super junior. If he can't do that, do that for the fishermen. And the impression I got was they were very concerned and they were interested. But I noticed when it came out, to, it came out there wasn't even a, a specific junior minister such as under agriculture as well. So yeah. fishing became a big issue and it is a big issue for me going forward. I think broadband, I think, you know, I, I've seen your coverage in the Southern Star in relation to broadband quite a lot lately. Um, uh, I, I know you didn't comment me at all. I was working on one of them quite, quite vigorously to get it started in Gagan. And it looks like it could have fallen through with a private operator. A lot of work done behind the scenes on that and a bit disappointed. Is, um, they need a bit of goodwill sometimes to get these things across the line from landowners and stuff and it doesn't happen. But... Um, Broadband hasn't happened, and it was one of my first questions with Michal Martin last week. I asked him, basically, is it going to happen? I think I need to go after it this week coming again, because he's answering me as wishy-washy. And broadband, always the answer is, yeah, we, we will get it sorted. We will get it sorted. Broadband can be sorted right, quite simply. And I said that around the table when I met him. I said quite a lot when I got the chance to meet him. If you can sort it by, 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 by fibre optic, you have to look at wireless. And the private wireless operator can deliver and can talk to the people come home and places like that that got resolved uh, by the wireless operator and and you know and not promoting any one company but I don't care who delivers it as long someone delivers it. Mm. The also the other thing, Shimon, <laughs> Comrade have never been pulled by the government. So what what do you mean, Comrade? The mobile phone companies and the broadband companies went to uh, Comrade because they're the they're, they're 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 the governing body as such. They to look for extra capacity. Because the people went home and worked in rural Ireland, from Cork City, from Dublin, wherever, and they came back out to West Cork in particular, and we can only talk about West Cork. And um, they asked for the extra capacity, and the minister at that time, Minister Bruton, just only just going back at the beginning of COVID, gave the extra capacity. No, not one area that I know in West Cork that needed extra capacity got it. So I'm I'm asking the question now to the teacher: Who got it? Why didn't Cork say okay? We get you this extra capacity, but we want to know exactly where it goes. I'm a, I'm a funny feeling going to get there some places, places like that. And rural West Cork never got it. Why didn't Gagan get it? Because they were definitely high on the list. Because I was talking to Tree Mobile, to Vodafone, to different companies about Gagan's situation, and they were telling me we need extra capacity. We need it, and they get the extra capacity, and Gagan gets overlooked. And I mean, I'm just picking Gagan. I can go down to Kilmac Simon. I can go west. I can go east. I can go north. Well, 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 down well, well, where are you at this moment, Michael? Because your link is very uh, unstable. At the moment, I'm back in school. So, well, you know, um, and that's, you know, a fairly well-serviced town with, you know, a, a lot of tourists this time of year. And you'd imagine the phone coverage should at least be reliable. It, it should, and unfortunately, you know, it, you know, even in, we're lucky enough to in school to have something kind of some kind of a service. But one of my one of my thoughts are is that they have to go down the road of the wireless operator. It's the most speedy way to get this resolved for now, and let the other team go on, on this national resolve. These millions or billions, I don't know, is it trillions? I don't know. These monopoly kind of uh, uh, types of money, where they should have also gone. And I spent four years trying to ask them: Could they go back to Europe and community voluntary organisations do the dig and bring the cable to their area? All that started being should have been explored because it is in other European countries, but they didn't want to do this. It seemingly is we we we'll make it sound good. We're going to give billions out there for 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 broadband, but it never it never gets delivered. And another issue going forward is the roads in West Cork. I have to, you know, people want to say you are you preaching on a negative. There's so many so many positives in in, in West Cork. I, I saw an interview recently. You really want to bottle the area and 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 sell it. And I've heard. Uh, that auctioneers are inundated with with wholesales in the peninsulas, in where people have seen the, the catastrophe all over the world, and they want to leave where they are, and they want to come somewhere. Else. And we have beauty down here. Our roads are in shocking condition down here. That's a big issue. There's bypasses in Inishannon, bypasses in Bandon, all promised, not delivered. Also, tourism. The tourism sector is at at a sneeze. And because of COVID, no fault of any. I don't want to go pointing the finger in governments because governments did well. In previous years, I didn't like the idea of going from nine to thirteen and a half percent. I raised that in the doll with Minister Faradke yesterday. He said that I have amnesia. I think of some sort of selective amnesia. He said uh, because that was uh, it was at a higher percentage before, and they lowered it to boost things that they have. But look, 
the bottom line is tourism was going well. It's not at all going well now because of exceptional circumstances. But we need a lowering of the VAT from uh, 13.5 to, they're saying they can't do zero, so 5%. I think Britain, Britain has come to that. I've been calling it for the last month. Um, also, the pub business is in dire trouble. It's uh, if drinking, that needs a massive reduction. You're going to get a chance to survive. There's a lot of publicans and I met them today um, and they're coming to me and they're saying to me, Michael, I don't think I'll reopen. I don't know what to do. And honestly, I don't really know what to do for them because some of them and the cafes and the restaurants, they have more staff and less customers and you can't survive. Yeah. And they were struggling already. So like I met business people that told me prior, just on the, at, the, at the beginning of COVID, never realizing, they said we were depending on a great year this year to get us across the line. And that year is gone. And the grants they're getting, every grant is, but 2,000 is the most. And two and a half to three is the most they're getting. Now that's, some people say that, isn't that great? It's not great. When you have more workers, more PPE, more conditions, less tables, um, it's, 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 it's very serious. So there, there are the areas I'm going to focus on is tourism. And as I say, I was angry. I was not angry, but I was annoyed that we didn't get a, a, a standalone minister for tourism. Um, I think it was it was... It would have been a vital ministry, but I don't know. I know you'll say, I know the teacher said to me one day, he said, how many ministries do you want? But there's exactly. certainly some ministries among there that could even, I know there's certainly, but there is super juniors. They seem to be able, they're like confetti the way they're handing them out, but they're all little, nice little numbers for parties being kept happy. And I'm saying, wait a minute, no, that could actually be squeezed into the other one. And why did you throw away rural affairs? Like rural Ireland, why did you sweep that under the carpet? Why did you sweep fishing under the carpet? It seems well, to maybe me, because the independents weren't at the table, Michael. I think that's probably why. Well, we weren't allowed around the table, so you know, commenting TDs were saying they wanted the Green Party. Then they got the Green Party, and some don't want them. And said, "Look, you know, no, they are they're in what they're in." But we did need a government. I respect that, and I didn't like the fact, and I didn't like the previous time that it took some as nine, as seventy or eighty days. The previous time, hundred and something this time, that's not good enough. That's mm-hmm. not good enough because it looks to me they spend the first month and they're they're in shell shock. And then they spend the next month thinking about the shell shock and then they decide we'll do something about this. And that's it, not but good they had a, in fairness they had they had a good excuse this time now. I suppose they they were their excuse anyway is that the pandemic took priority and that you can't it's very hard to argue with that on this occasion, maybe not the last, they had no excuse. But can I just ask you about the one other um subject that's very close to your heart which is the Belfast or blind buses I think you you dubbed it wouldn't they and yeah Belfast are blind what is the story that's... now with Covid and that are they still operating will they operate again yeah it's it's still operating um, but we haven't run a bus obviously during the Covid pandemic because of the bus operators because of the hospitals so what we've done is uh, I'm trying to find a mechanism that we can I think we've overcome the bus operator as I have a list a mile long, including in one of the clinics, we had two, three, uh, three people for different issues, like, and um, and I wanted to deliver for them because they like a lot, of, like the biggest issue for them is some are elderly and they don't know how to get to Belfast and you know they know to get there, but they don't, they're not able to drive up or whatever. But um, the problem I'm having at the moment is they require a test to enter the hospital, and the problem with the state at the moment they don't realise, and I try to. Convinced the powers would be that can a doctor do a test? If not a doctor, specialized person swab, I can easily get a result. Um, uh, the laboratory in Bandon will give, give us a, a result within four to five hours, and they're refusing to do that. So, uh, refers for the swab, so we can get a clear test or not. But if it's a clear test, they can go to Belfast within two days and get that. So that's what I'm working on. This whole COVID thing, you know, was, was handled in very well in ways. I don't like the, 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 they won't look into same-day testing in airports and ports because of the, you know, it'll open up Ireland in a safer manner. Nothing was in par- safe in this, but at least it opened up in a safer manner. And and we have in Ireland, we bought a PC-12. They flew to Germany. I told our casting uh, bar the swabs. They could for forty nine quid less. Uh, and I, in this situation, it's disrupted our people from going to Belfast. And I have a list of my long. I'd hope to resolve that in the next week and in discussions with different um, 
the laboratories, discussion with some hospitals to try and see what the hospital do, but it should be done in a more fair manner. The, the point I'm trying to make too, Jamal, is mm. morning you have to go to a certain country. They're insisting that your COVID testing period is. So it doesn't mean you have COVID, but they're insisting you'll be COVID testing and you get a result. Uh, and people are ringing me and asking me, can they get that done? And back door should be the way. They should be um, the same could refer somebody to Dunmanway to get a test done, but it's not. It has to go through the medical side of it or some professional has to do it. And that's very wrong because people are coming to me just they're not, thank God they don't have COVID, they're 99%, they certainly don't, but they have to be tested and they have to prove it. I can't I can't get that across the line at this time. And it's 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 a it's a terrible injustice to people that are flying, trying to get back to work. Our people need operations uh, abroad. We get it started, but it's taking a lot longer than I thought. And as I said, the list is my long and is ready to roll again. Okay. Okay. So now just to change tack slightly, um, you got some criticism in the past for some comments you made about immigrants saying that our people should come first. I think this was really at the height of the homeless crisis now, um, about a year ago, maybe. So I know you've made some comments since about direct provision and, you know, that there are houses available now. We should be moving people out of hotels. So, I mean, where, where do you stand on all that now, Michael? What, what should be our priorities? I think that, first of all, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll deal with the first one. First of all, the comments about immigrants saying our people should come first. And I explained that in more detail and maybe doesn't or was picked up. I felt that, you know, we could be all, like we say with direct provision, we're, we're, the government and the state were trying to tick a box. That's my personal view. They were bringing these people in. There was no one seen the end product. They were shoved into a room in a hotel. That's no way to treat people. That was an absolute disgraceful way to treat people. And I always say that, and it's proven now because of COVID and the outbreak in Carcidine and blah, 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 wherever. And I always say that they should be, if, if people are brought into our country, leave them, uh, we have to look at um, um, rural resettlement where families could move into a rural community, not 30, 40 families because that's not going to work. It's not going to work for them, it's not going to work for the community. Two or three families are fine because we have the facilities in rural Ireland, I'm seeing it forever. But don't, my idea was what, what's, where are we going here? We can't resolve the man and the woman on the street and, and that was the situation at the time in the summer and the winter, sorry, they were dying where we want to bring more in from another world. Don't they tell me they're in worse off condition? I respect that in some countries there. More than not. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I just felt that we need to we need to be careful here where we're going. We need to get the people off the street first and yet. Yeah. Regardless if they're Irish or not, because some of them are not. They're non-nationals on, on the streets as well. And but we need to we, look after room, them. The Michael, haven't we room for everybody if it's just done properly? But, Siobhan, we haven't. And that's the sad thing. It hasn't been done properly. And it's shocking what we've done. And as late as last week, I've been approached, and it's outside of my constituency, I'm no gain to get on this, uh, about a, a development in, in up the country. And I, I'm tempted not to, I better not name it at the moment, but I, I'd say it will be very soon, and I'll do it anyway. And they have approached the state to house people in direct provision. Fabulous apartments, suited perfect, along the line that this government, their so-called dreaming. And, and, and I've mentioned it, I think twice in the doll this week. If you listen to my, have a chance to listen to my speeches in some place, but in the, and nobody wants to get back to the developer here. Obviously, he has to make money, but I don't mind. This is what they're saying to take people out of hotels that are in direct provision and give them a comfortable and honest living and in a safe environment. And they're refusing to do that. They'll continue to bluff us on in the doll on national airways, and they leave him inside, crowded inside in bedrooms. And what we do you think is the agenda there? Is it money? I do. I just first of all, I said it last year when all this controversy arose. That was of no, not on my making. Another TD said something, and of course he wouldn't speak anymore. So it got thrown over to my lap, and I said what I needed to say, uh, and. Just felt that I, I think the government are a box ticking exercise, and the box ticking was we're bringing in so many thousands, we've done our job, but nobody realized you're bringing that many, you know, for how many years, and what have you done? Nothing, absolutely nothing. And I see you now this development, this is going on now, and I'm, I'm honing in very closely on this now because I can see a trend here that these people, the same, were telling me that I was being racist when I was saying that these people need to be treated properly are not brought here. Why well, you want to bring somebody here to let him die? So I'm saying, wait a minute. They were offering you suitable accommodation for the last 12 months in one area that would have housed quite a lot of people. And you refused. 
refuse to even look at it or refuse to deal with it or come back to the individual. So now you're telling me that I was right. I think actually you'd look at the people that were calling me what they were calling me and in, in the political circle and, 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 and they have questions to ask. And I don't. You're sure you have to live with politics and people say what they want to say and I deliver that. I spoke yesterday, if people have a chance to look at my Facebook, about the, 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 the condition of people in Yemen. Um, and I gave, you know, a lot of time talking about it and very detailed. And actually, to be honest, I tried to come in, I won't name the person, there was a 14-year-old girl, gave me that speech. It was a fabulous speech about, you know, the conditions and the amount of people are dying and children are boiling leaves in pots and eating boiled leaves. That's a shocking way. And that the state, our state should come there and help people. So, you know, I, I think, you know, looking after our own first, we need to look after our own, but certainly those people that are coming in that are living in appalling conditions out across the world, they have to be looked after when they come in here. And if they can't look after the people, you don't, you can't tell people to, and, and, and put out statements that we have so many thousand bodies into this country and didn't put them into positions living in accommodations that's substandard and worse than maybe the conditions they came in themselves. And some of them are dying because of that COVID and whatever. Okay. Um, Michael, um, you've also been very closely aligned now with the Healy Rays. You, you know, they're in the same grouping as you as well. They'd be, they'd be really seen as arch conservatives and you're kind of throwing yourself in the same ring there. Um, and you were very vocal in your opposition to the likes of the repeal of the Eighth Amendment, which, which was passed. So, I mean, do you ever feel that maybe um, as time goes on, you might be losing your grip of society moving at a faster rate than you are maybe liberalizing a bit a bit faster and that maybe over the next few years you'll uh, you'll find support waning or do you think that there's a silent but growing minority that agree with you i think maybe the latter statement there is 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 is, is more i think in line with what's going on i think there's a, a growing majority but unfortunately the majority are maybe afraid to say what they need to say and i might be the one to say it for them um, I know, but they I can vote, look, Michael, and they can vote. And they can vote, and, and you're, you're, you're correct in that, Siobhan. And the proof of that is I got 6,800 uh, four years ago, and I got 11,700 this time. So, and that's since my views on the Eight Amendment. I never hit a menu. So, like, it wasn't that anybody that voted for me in 2016 didn't realize my views um, because I made it open, quite clear. I was totally and utterly, and law was being against abortion. Um, in bearing in mind though some of my closest friends voted yes for abortion and I have no issue with that too, I have to respect their views but remember 68% did vote but there's a 32% need representation too and I know quite a lot today to tell me they wish they never did because I see already issues that they were kind of felt were never going to rise I, I, I just look I'm worried about the way this is going to go. There was 6,000 abortions in Ireland last year. I saw that last week, and, and, and 3,000 of them were in Dublin. doesn't matter where they were. There were abortions. Any, uh, and look there, and a lot of that I respect. The lady in, in question could have been in a very difficult circumstance, and I have to fully respect that person. I never disrespect anybody that's had to go through that because it's a, it's a shocking uh, circumstance for any woman to be in. And, and you know, it has it's... it's yeah, hallmarks in their mind afterwards and, and nobody should throw stones <clears throat> but I don't like I was against it, I don't like the situation that you have in Denmark where there's 0% Down syndrome um, and I've been told why um, and, and and you know things like that that maybe, and look I suppose you know, I, I, you, you said I'm linked to the Healy Ways, I certainly am good friends with them, uh, they do their thing and I do mine and the one thing they can know and take away from anybody is they're great people from their constituents that work around the clock for them. And that's the number one thing. And at the end of the day, I know quite a lot of the people that voted for Michael Collins probably voted yes in the abortion referendum, but they voted for Michael Collins for other reasons because he worked for them. And they may not have agreed with me on that issue. I got serious criticism uh, on, on my Facebook for attending rallies or whatever. But look, I didn't mind. I, res I understood that was going to happen. But also, then, you see, there's another thing, and maybe these things I shouldn't bring up. I worked as an undertaker for many years. And um, the, the most difficult is, is to be at a, a child's funeral, you know. And I see the heart, and I see the parents, and I see the mother and the father, and their child gone. At a very, very young age, 
whether that's through miscarriage or or, or, or through whatever circumstance. And it's it's something that never leave your mind when you see it and the hurt that they're going through and the horror. And I know abortion is not like that, but it's the loss of a child. And, I know, but you know, I made two, a statement uh, recently. Michael, they're, they're two very different things and very different sets of circumstances, they, which I don't, they, I don't they are, but really you're in, align. No, no, and I'm not going to align that. I'm not going to say they're the same circumstances, but I'm saying the loss of a child leaves a, a, a hole in a person's life. And, 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 and I did say last week in a statement of the doll, you know, about, you know, the Black Lives Matter situation. I said all lives matter from the womb to the to the to, to the day. Well, and that's the way I'll that, always be and I'm not that phrase changing. has been and, adopted and now by, by far right groups so it, it, it's, not, mind, it's, not best, it's not the best phrase to be coming out with I'm afraid because it has unfortunately got a very tarnished uh, following now in the US it, it has and they'll all they'll, it's my views and it's the views of the people that I represent most spoken to me and quite happy with the views I have. In relation to abortion, people have different views. I respect that. A decision has been made. I can't turn that around. It's up to the state to turn that around at some stage if they need to. Um, abortion is, 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 as far as I'm concerned, I'm totally posted and I'm not changing. I'm quite liberal in other issues, but I'm not liberal on that issue. Well, it's, tell it's, me an issue you're uh, liberal on, Michael. Well, I, I, people might... Uh, I know this goes down to church. I think priests marry. Um, uh, separate. Uh, we have to come with life. I'm, I'm separate myself. Um, no, and I'm not. Not. I might be a perception out there that you know blocked into religious views. Not at all. Um, female priests. I believe. Yeah, if, if if that's if that's a um, I think with the, well, the numbers dwindling, it might it might be a necessity in the next decade. It's it's maybe it's maybe not so much the numbers dwindling. It's the fact that the the, the clergy that are there are, are getting elderly and and well, you know that's why it's dwindling. I mean, they're they're dying off and off lot of them, and they're not being replaced by. Yeah, look, I, I mean, so I'm you know open to to um, uh, belief, you know, people's sexuality. I've always felt was 100% their business. And people, you know, and I never interfered in a person's sexuality. That's their business, you know. So where were you on the marriage equality referendum then? That's your, that's your, I said, in relation to um, people's view on that, I always said that was their own. Um, that was their own business. I never interfered in a person's sexuality. Um, if they say to me they're, they're not, that's their business too. That's my attitude. So, like, you know, it's difficult because, you know, in issues, in the dollar, you get up. And I, I, I think most people understand that. They kind of look at me as a politician that's, you know, I might have a different view on certain issues, but I'm, in general, they, they like the, the work I've been doing. I should look, it's up to the people after. Make it very clear that if it cost me my seat in interviews, my views on abortion, so be it. I wasn't for change. Um, so just uh, a lighter note now, I don't know if you've had any time to walk on a beach or watch Netflix or read a book or listen to music. But if you did, what would what would those categories be like? What would you be doing? What would you be reading, watching? Where would you be going? I'd like to, um, you know, I, I, I found it during the COVID thing, I got an incredible amount of phone calls and people were stressed to the very end. And obviously COVID payments became a massive, massive issue at the beginning. And no matter how good, and they were good, the Department um, of Social Protection were, there was still a massive flow of, of, of phone calls, 60, 70 a day, and more coming to my staff. So we were continuously liaising, trying to get people to let them get, like, go easy, we get this started. And, you know, people are stressed. And it didn't give us a lot of freed up time. It, made, it looked like we were, but it, it, behind the scenes we are working probably above the, the, the average, but that's fair enough. Um, what was I doing? Um, I didn't get, I love music, you know, um, Brian Adams or the Bruce Springsteen in the world, but it doesn't matter what, what music, I still love music in general anyway. And, um, uh, well, uh, well on cue there, the music on your phone. <laughs> oh, it is, yeah, it is. But um, yeah, I did a little bit of walking on my own area too. 
um, but and I, I, I got into painting. I just love painting. Not, 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 not artist painting, no, but the wall painting well, of houses. Yeah, and stuff. houses. And, yeah, yeah, sorry. sorry yeah. Oh, jeez, I'm not, I'm not the other time. I wish I was. And I hadn't that much time, but that's what I was doing, a bit of painting and stuff like that. And my free time in the evenings and stuff. So, you know, I just got back because I used to do a bit of painting before and I got back into that habit again, which is good. Uh, so that's that's actually what I was trying to do, but it wasn't. It wasn't um, we didn't get a whole pile of it. Do you know what? Another thing I got to do was look at bills as well. You know, and maybe everybody got a chance to do that. What am I paying? That was oh God, I, I I can't believe I was. She wouldn't want to know what I was paying in mobile phone bills and stuff like that. But anyway, mm. I got me a chance to start looking into that a bit more details that I often said last year. I must deal with that now. I must deal with that now, and I never got the chance. I did get them the chances to deal with those things, and 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 folder while while it was quite frustrating dealing with mobile phone companies or whatever. But I still got chances to to do things that I I planned for um, a long time and, and and hadn't got across the line. Great, and you you wouldn't um, sit down and watch a movie or a series on Netflix. Oh, I'd love to. House of Cards. I'd love to. No? <laughs> I will admit, though, I have a habit when I sit down, I could go sleep. But I love I love watching movies. My God, I, I, I mean, you know, I have I love the the James Bond or the Indian Jones. I like bit cover, but um, uh, you know that was the habit, uh, and the kids always say to me. They say, oh, such a movie. Should we seen that before? And I said, no, you ne- I never did. And they said, you did what you were asleep with the sun. <laughs> so I'm, I, I'd always be telling them, I never saw that. I have to watch another James Bond movie. I never saw that before. So, you know, just, I have a habit of um, um, going to sleep sometimes. Instead. You know, you'd be tired. Right. But then you look, that's the, But no, I like, I, like, I like watching movies, but I, lo- I love music. And uh, I like listening to all sorts of, you know, singers uh, right across the board. And, um, and in the car, you know, then, um, Michael, with all that commuting, is it podcasts? Is it the radio news? Is it music? What is it? It's the earpiece. Oh. It's people ringing, <laughs> getting back to them. This is on continuous use. This is me. Michael's holding up his Bluetooth earpiece now. Um, this is the, this is, um, you can't see you yet. Your earpiece is in. Sorry, yeah, that's exactly what I'm, what I'm, I'm doing. I'm on the phone a lot of the time in the car. Uh, um, messages continuously, and if that's off, then it's straight into music or, or listen to one or three of them. Obviously, be very interesting. Listening to radio stations like that is, you know, it's not saying that I'm making a preference between one radio station and another or the southern star. That's local. It's local. Yeah. It's the local paper. It's the locals. I have the southern star. I will be saying I'm guilty. I never, if I if I didn't have the southern star every week. I'd, I'd be at a loss scratching my head going back to Dublin the following week. But sometimes I might have and I might never get a chance to open it. Just see the headlines as Broadband this week and TV's fighting. And I say, oh my God, is that me? No, it's not thing God. And, uh, you know, but I'll always get a tip off on, on, on Thursday. Someone, you know, such things on the stairs. So, you know, and the one or three of him and it's the local stuff. And, you know, it keeps you in touch with what's going on. It's very, very important to keep in touch with what's going on in your constituency from the ground level to whatever. And, you know, all politics... It's Ireland, and all politics is local. And you know, a lot of the issues I had before me today was was the pothole, or the 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 the, the you know the local school transport, and and or the medical card. So it's all politics is local, you know. Absolutely. Listen, Michael, thank you so much for joining us today, and uh, really enjoyed our chat. And best of luck in the future. Thanks. This week's music is a cover version of the late John Pine's gorgeous song, The Speed of the Sound of Loneliness. Molly O'Mahony from Ballydehob is one quarter of the well-established all-female folk, blues and indie pop group Mongoose. But here Molly is joined by her siblings Fiacra on guitar and Matilda on vocals, showing that there is plenty more talent in the O'Mahony family. If you want to catch more of their music, follow Molly O'Mahony on YouTube or see mongoosetunes.com. Come home late and you come home early. You come home big when you're feeling sore. You come home straight and you come home early. Sometimes you don't come home at all. So what in the world's come home? What in heaven's name have you done? You've broken the speed of the sound of loneliness. 
Thank you for listening to the Southern Star Coronavirus Podcast. Don't forget to like, share and subscribe to our podcast, which is available on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, Acast, Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts from. Thanks for listening to another Southern Star Media podcast production. Stay connected to West Cork by subscribing to our e-paper and support local, quality and trusted journalism. Visit www.subscribe.southernstar.ie